Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football, where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. It's another great episode of The Process. What's up, y'all? I'm your boy, Ralph Lark. I'm your host, coming to you from sunny Los Angeles on this week two weekend of NFL action. You know we're going to cover it all, and we're going to do it very quickly. First and foremost, welcome to any new listeners. We love first-time offenders around here. And also welcome back to anybody who's been rocking with me already. Love me a hardhead. So, a hearty welcome into the entire audience. If you are new to this, we kick it off the same way every week before we get into the business, and that is letting you know when and how you can catch this podcast. And so, before we even get into any of our exciting action today, which does range into a couple of minutes of MLB talk before we just dive into this week two, and this week we're going to give you some Would You Rather, oh yeah, bringing back a great segment from years past of the process and everybody's favorite as well, DFS Fantasy Picks to end the show. Who doesn't love that where I just shell it out? So before we get to that, first and foremost, www.tigerbombsae.com. You can find the podcast there. That is the Tiger Bomb website where you can listen to all of our podcasts. Like what happened if you're in the true crime? It's all right there. You can catch it easily, www.tigerbombsae.com. You can click on the process page. This podcast, you can listen to right there right in your web browser, or if you are more of a, um, you know, app person, you're a po- podcast on the go kind of a person, look, wherever you listen to your other podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, hit us up, just search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, podcast will pop up and you can like and subscribe, not only catch the process, but catch some of the other podcasts as well. So that's another great way to keep up with us here. And if you are a social media person, don't worry, got you covered. You can catch up with us on Facebook and Twitter. Holler at me on Twitter if you want to get last minute start, sit, questions answered. Hit me up on Facebook if you guys want to get links to the show or possibly uh, even get... Some funny memes toss your way. It's the same way, Facebook or Twitter, at The Process TV S-A-E. Again, that's at The Process TV S-A-E. And, of course, you can email us, theprocess at tigerbombsae.com. Those are all the ways that you can get in contact with us here at The Process. Listen to The Process. Keep up with The Process. Evolve with The Process. And we've done just that into a little more of a slick format for this season four, where we just kind of get to knock it around a little bit more, less of the hour, hour and a half of statistics, which can get a little boring, if you will, uh, or even just dry. You know, there's just a different way to present the same information because you guys already understand that I'm doing all the research for you. So even before we get into week two, how about we talk about week one? What are the reactions that y'all? I want to know how was it for you? How was your fantasy week one? 
How was your real week one in terms of your favorite team? Did you play DFS? How did that go? Looking for a little bit of success. I think playing fantasy football, DFS, on the first week is always one of the hardest things to do. I, like a lot of people, like to just throw some money at it anyway. But ultimately, very, very hard to predict what's going to happen because we haven't seen much yet, right? So if you didn't do much damage in the DFS you know, DraftKings world like me, not a big deal. Hopefully you guys came away with some season-long victories, though, because that's something we plan for. That's something we draft for. That's something we prepare for. So hopefully that went your way as it did for me. Hopefully you guys put some points up, too. If you want to put up a lot of points, you need to investigate what's going on there. If you lost and you put up a lot of points, no big deal, right? These are just things that we need to think about from Fantasy Week 1 because the overall uh, notion is not to panic. Uh, there's a lot of information left to gather. We've only seen a small amount of football, and so no need to go off of the rails. One thing I can tell you, though, Kyler Murray for DFS purposes is going to be viable. Going to be viable. When you look at what he can prov- provide in terms of, um, you know, a, a Threat to take off and run the football, but also having those downfield weapons. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins now, he's the guy. DFS did, you know, that's the one thing that I nailed last week really well was, uh, you know, locating Kyler Murray as primary option. I mean, he blew it up. So, just some things to think about as we start the season. Um, another thing I want to mention to you guys is you got to start your draft picks. Too many people situationally benching dudes look if you spent a first round draft pick on this guy you gotta start him or conceptually mentally already you lost if somebody's making you bench your first or second rounder i mean what was the point i i you know specifically when you think about players like you and a mclaurin terry mclaurin we knew he was gonna get shadowed by james bradbury this week on thursday night football this game already happened of course and you know he was able to pop off and make some things happen and so you got to have a little courage sometimes. That's the only way you're going to win fantasy football. You're going to get it wrong if you try to continue to guess which week should I start this guy or start that guy. It doesn't work that way. Start your draft picks. More importantly, make a depth chart. Don't tinker. A winning season-long fantasy football team, it's boring to manage because everything is in place. You know what happens. if something. This is why you have your uh, you know, handcuff backs because we want to get adopted into good running situations with good offensive lines where we have a one dude getting the bell cow scenario, and then we want his backup. And so that's all taken care of if you got that you know, guy in his handcuff. And then in terms of your wide receivers, you want to have these guys meet it out into a depth chart, too, in your mind so that if injuries happen, that's when somebody steps up. But other than that, you don't want to tinker too much. Those are the type of scenarios that can get you to lose fantasy football, trying to make uh, choices that that you don't need to make. It is so So stick to your guns and keep it simple. I mean, even to that point. Right now, you got to recognize a pattern. It's easy to pick up low-value receivers in DFS and uh, and pair them with a higher-end quarterback like Kyler Murray or Mahomes. You know, if it's me for DFS for tournament purposes, even I, I want to see 
if I can't always just play one of those two guys barring injury. We saw what injury did to Kyler last year, but he's healthy now. You saw in week one what that translates into. I want to be able to afford those two when at that position because ultimately paying down at quarterback, you can't win the way you can pay down at wide receiver and win, right? Christian Kirk was not expensive this past weekend. There are a lot of guys that did well that weren't expensive, and so there's a lot of guys that return value. Even cheaper guys like Waddle from Miami who return value because he caught that touchdown. That's what this is about. Three and a half times value from the selection, right? Three and a half times value from the price that you pay for these players. So just some things to think about how you might narrow down what it looks like to build a winning lineup or winning scenario. Take my advice or don't. The other thing I want to mention to you guys is don't buy situational stats. Yes, that's hardly mean anything after only one game. I'm looking at NFL Fantasy Live this week, just randomly on TV uh, in the background while I was working. And obviously, Jerry Judy's out for a little bit. But I saw, you know, what these guys were equating this translation into for the rest of us and just saying that, you know, well, he had a 19% target share. And so the rest of these guys are going to have to fill that target share void. So you want to go with Hamler. You want to go with Patrick. But it's like you can't say all that because they played this one team this way. That's what I mean to say. There is nuisance to football depending on your opponent. And so you don't play every team the same way, try to impose your will, and it works or it doesn't. You strategize depending on what they have, depending on what you have. You come up with a game plan. So everything you saw last week could be real, but it could not be real. It just depends on the scenarios that we're talking about. I think this is a nice review of what happened in week one and some things to just make you guys think as we you know, can press forward into more football in just a little bit here. Uh, before we do, though, because we've got a lot of football to dive into, but before we do, how about we just talk about a little baseball follow-up on our conversation from last week. Hopefully you guys had a chance to take a look this week. Baseball has been pretty exciting. And we're really talking about in terms of the wild cards because, you know, for the most part, these divisions are wrapped. I mean, if you look at the AL, Tampa, Houston, Chicago, kind of sitting pretty. But we've had some jockeying in terms of the wild card positioning. Boston still has got a wild card. The Yankees have fallen out. By half a game, and Toronto is now in the second wild card. So the Yankees are a half game back of Toronto. Oakland is now two and a half back of Toronto. And then Seattle's three and a half back. You know, these are the teams we were focused on last week. And if you recall from the conversation, Oakland and Seattle have four games left. That starts this week. So it's going to get really exciting. Oakland being two and a half, you could, you could say theoretically they're still in it. And Seattle, if they can somehow piece together wins against Oakland, then you'd have to figure that they can still be in it. Uh, But meanwhile, Boston, Toronto, and the Yankees duking it out. It's very, very hard for, you know, one of these. When you have a division trying to have, like, three teams make the playoffs, it's incredible, like what we'll see in the uh, West in the NL. But we have really legitimately four teams in the AL East who are, like, trying to make the playoffs, right? So very, very competitive. 
Nobody else has a shot there. If you look at the NL, so, the, you know, the Giants have the division right now. They've already clinched the playoff spot. First team to do so. Then the Dodgers did it after them. But Milwaukee clinched up the Central on the National League side. And Atlanta cruising into first place, as we talked about last week. So, what the wild card looks like is right now the Dodgers have it. You know, they've got a, a spot in the playoffs. That first wild card spot is sewn up. But the But the scenario now is... St. Louis has slid into the second wild card spot because San Diego hasn't been able to put it together. Three and seven in their last ten games. So this is a team that's sliding uh, in a not great scenario. You know, they can still make it. They're only a one and a half game out. Cincinnati's one and a half game out. Cincinnati's got the Dodgers this weekend. So they're sending their big boys. They're sending, you know, Castillo, Miley. They're going to try to get her done. This is big, hot time, you know, playoff baseball right now you don't want to miss this so san diego cincinnati one and a half back philly two and a half back bryce harper making a case for mvp trying to keep his team in we can go ahead and eliminate the nets mets at six back already philly's two and a half back from there it just keeps getting knotted up so the first thing is the divisions aren't showed up because if you've noticed the records san francisco they're only what it's like they're only a game and a half ahead, I think, now of the Dodgers, who's really made grounds as everybody's got healthy. Urias, Kershaw, Gosling, these guys are all coming back. So now it looks a little bit more like the opportunity to catch them is there. Dodgers just a game and a half back now. So one of those teams will be the wild card. One of those teams will be the division. But we thought it was sewn up, and it is not. This is bad news for San Diego. Because if the Dodgers don't pull away with the uh, with the division, then they've got to play these games, right? Because they, they're trying to win the division. You don't want to be in the one-game wildcard playoff if you don't have to be. So if the Dodgers keep putting pressure on the Giants, then the Giants are going to have to keep playing, which means that this is bad news for San Diego because they have uh, quite a few games left with the Giants. And San Diego is nowhere near as good as the Giants are right now. Giants 8-2 in their last 10, playing great baseball as they have all year, just hummed along. If I'm San Diego, I don't want to have to play them, and I don't want to have to play them with their playoff lives on the line because right now that doesn't look like something that they can weather as a storm. They don't have a lot of guys getting it done on the bat, and you know, you, you've know got guys in the rotation like I think Vasquez and Arietta, so... And they're pitching well, so there's things to be worried about there. Philly... Show me something. I'm not a believer in Cincinnati, but they're hanging around. If they can make some noise against the Dodgers this weekend, and they got their big boys on the mound to do it, then this becomes really interesting. But the same story that I'll leave you with in terms of baseball this week is the script from last week, which was, if you are not watching, you are losing because this is great Baseball. I got in on some DFS action yesterday for baseball, which is hard to do as we really barrel towards football all the time now. But still fun, still engaging, uh, a lot to be accomplished there, especially as people go to play DFS football. Don't fade baseball, and we're going to keep in the know together on how we get that done. Maybe we do some baseball uh, picks pretty soon again, too. 
So that's our little miscellaneous. I think we need to dive into week two of the NFL action now and kick it off. Ready to surge ahead with some week two football action, and we're going to get it right, y'all. That's the name of the game. And we'll go over each game quickly with a little truncated section you may remember called Reload. But we won't, it's not going to be the big whole game script thing like we did before. Just a quick glimpse. And then we'll finish the segment with a little Would You Rather. We're just going to go over the top Would You Rather's that I saw off of one of the main websites that I go to see what people are looking for, searching for. I haven't even taken a chance to really look at them yet and see if they make sense. But. I know who I'd rather against every scenario this week, so we'll go over that. Before we do, though, Giants and Washington already kicked it off in a game where we didn't expect the Giants to be able to put up that many points. Not great for the Washington defense. And as far as the Washington offense goes, Heineke looks like he's pretty good. He's pushing the ball downfield. I'm not going to say pretty good, but he's like su- efficient. Or not, well, bleh, take it back. Sufficient, not efficient. He is not as horrible of a drop down is what I mean to say, is what I thought he might be. Obviously still able to get it to Terry McLaurin, but there's some life on that offensive side of the ball. As we talked about earlier, being shadowed by James Bradbury did not seem to damper that young man's offensive stats in terms of McLaurin. But Washington uh, defensively should ask themselves how the Giants were able to put together so many points you got Daniel Jones at quarterback and Saquon Barkley doing nothing, really. Uh, Sterling Sharp Shepard, pretty um, standard. I mean, he's just he's a producer every time he's out there under the radar. And then Slayton came on, too, a little bit this game. But Washington wins. Reload. Moving on to Sunday, you got the Saints at the Carolina Panthers. We saw the Jameis Winston efficient version of the Saints last week in their defense dismantle. Aaron, I hardly played Rodgers, um, but this is going to be a different game. Divisional rivalry here. They're going to Carolina. Carolina had some problems last week against a rookie, Zach Wilson, in his first NFL game. So, I'm not sure if this defense will be able to hold Jameis Winston and company this week. I like Kamara this week, though. Winston spread it around so much, you can't really, um, you know, call out one of those receivers as more viable than the other, except to say that he could continue to be more efficient. I think he only had 14 pass attempts last week, so not a lot of volume there. But he did score five touchdowns, which is crazy. Uh, And it's a different version of him. On the Carolina side of things, McCaffrey is McCaffrey. Always a sure bet for him to be able to uh, get get his and get the ball. But the funny thing is, uh, Darnold, you know, he's he's he can run it a little bit in terms of the offense. I think he's got more weapons than he had in, with the Jets last year. But this is still not a game that they're going to be able to win. I sneakily like the Saints defense right here. I think he can be forced into making some mistakes. He might have a um he might have a false sense of security after that Jet win last week, but I think it's going to come down to reality this week. Reload. Cincinnati at Chicago. Chicago did not look great going up against the Rams. Uh, they they proved that 
you know, they still have issues getting the ball down the field in the air. That's a problem for this team. They didn't even try to attempt to throw it longer than 15 yards down the field, and you have Allen Robinson. So this whole Dalton experiment, already off to a bad start. It's Chicago, so they're already saying, you know, bench him, put in fields, who did see a few plays. It's in Chicago, revenge game for Dalton. Obviously, you know, he wants to play well. I'm sure Sharps, people who think they're sharp are going to try to be on that, but got no interest there. What we saw was the Bears attack with the running game as much as possible until it was no longer a viable option to win the football game. So I do like David Montgomery this week again against Cincinnati's defense. I don't think that they're going to put up too much of a, um, a, a, a too much of a, a you know barrier against running the ball. I think they're better in the secondary, and Chicago can't seem to pass anyway. And so it just seems much more viable to try it like that. Komet maybe. But I'm not reaching for tight end. We know it's such a straightforward position. On the other side of things, Joe Burrow and company, this is actually a game that they could win. I, I would, I'm picking them in this game. They can go on the road and get this game. He can actually produce right here. Uh, I like the running back Mixon to keep it balanced. I do think that if you you know want to drop back and give the Bears a chance, they got guys that can get at you like Mac. And so I don't think you do that. I think you do it. You keep yourself in the game by going to, uh, you know, that run sort of offset things a little bit. But the Bears proved against the Rams. They got problems in the secondary. Um, you know, the first corner, pretty decent. Outside of that, the rest of the corners have issues. And so if you look at this game, uh, the way it lines up, we're really looking in the direction of maybe T. Higgins instead of uh, Jamar Chase because Chase is running as the number one. He's probably going to see the tougher coverage against the Bears. But you can go ahead and fire up uh, the second and third. So so T. Higgins, who would be second. And then Tyler Boyd's in a great spot, too. Who we run as a third receiver. Also cannot be denied in DFS uh, circles. Reload. Uh, Houston at Cleveland. Houston played well last week in a weird game for the Jaguars. Houston's still not a great team, though. Um, the funny thing about it is Ingram was set up. Uh, to run well last week, um, and I don't, and he just couldn't do it. I think if you're Houston, you're not going to have that many times to run the football when you're ahead, and they just couldn't get a lot of uh, production out of it. So I don't like anything about the run game there, the pass game. Don't like anything there because I don't think that they're going to have as much time this week. Um, Cleveland does have a pass rush. I like the Cleveland defense big this week, and the Cleveland running game. As much as you can like a Jarvis Landry or something like that, I'm looking at sites where he's recommended. It's like you got to remember Cleveland's a run-first football team, and that's the thing we like about them because they're predictable. We know what we're going to get from them, and so we like that. And so for Cleveland's sake, you know, you can go with Chubb. You can go with Hunt too, though. Actually, both these guys have a chance to go over 100. Um, they can easily do that. They've done that before uh, in, in positive game script scenarios. And Houston is certainly the team that can give it up. Derrick Henry loves to smash these guys for over 100 routinely. And so why can't these guys do it uh, in a scenario that bodes really well for this team? Now, as far as the re reload, the Rams and the Indianapolis Colts go. Rams looked good last week. Stafford looks comfortable. I didn't write them in my DFS um, recommendations coming up, but the one dude that I was keying in on earlier in the week that I have seemed to overlook now that I look back and compare the notes was Robert Woods. And I think he can um, have another great week. Xavier Rhodes not starting off playing as well as he did last year. So there's something to test there. But the people like in Tyler Higby, uh, I do like the Rams defense, of course. 
As far as Indianapolis goes, um, you know, we're going to have to see what Wentz can do to keep them in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, though. They have one of the best left guards in the league, so it's going to be a nice matchup watching him versus Donald most of the place. They should have some time, but I don't know what they'll be able to do with it. Uh, I like the backs, you know, catching passes out of the backfield. So Naheem Hines uh, for the Indianapolis Colts backfield as well as Jonathan Taylor. Um, Taylor, I don't mind, actually, because the Bears you saw last week were able to run against the Rams, so maybe they can do that again. Michael Pittman is the only viable receiver on the Colts, but not this week, not against Jalen Ramsey and company in a game. The Rams should win. Stafford should play well. I don't expect the Rams to have a great time running the football. I think Stafford plays well. I think you can go to him. He'll spread it out. He'll make it make sense. But they're going to win this game. Uh, Turnovers may do it for them. Rams defense, reload. Uh, Denver at Jacksonville. Denver, I really am interested. I know he had the 70-yard run last week, but let's see what Melvin Gordon can do. It's a soft defense. You know, I like the the running back defensive uh, team stack hammer on DFS purposes right here. I know Javon Williams is lurking. I know he's right there, uh, but this is a plush matchup. If you're going to play Gordon, this is the week to do it, and his price is depressed in DFS anyway. I haven't been seasonal, so we're going to run him out. Large key to victory for me um, in a couple of leagues that I have this year was stacking this dude with the defense, like I just said, for DFS purposes. I saw that it worked in week one very well, and he's got another uh, you know, good opportunity to make that work this week. So, again, like the Denver defense going up against Jacksonville. Not sure why they threw 50 times last week. Don't know what's going on there. Urban Meyer does not seem like a very good coach. I, we already talked about the fact he's not a very good coaching staff. These guys, I don't think, are going to have what it takes to get the job done against Denver. If they want to pass it, that is not the way. Denver is a great secondary. So, I don't think the Shark and these guys are going to have as much room as they did last week. Uh, even running the ball maybe a little better against Denver, but I don't know if they'll have a lot of success there. Carlo Hyde is like the he's like the between uh, between the tackles runner, and then they are using Robinson to like catch passes. Like so, I don't know until they figure out what they want to do with production there. I don't think either of those guys are viable. But this is a game Denver should win. Reload next. You know, yet Miami hosting Buffalo, and for whatever reason, Buffalo's got Miami's number. That Miami Hocus Pocus don't work against Buffalo, no matter where they play. I think this is a get-right game for Allen. This is a get-right game for Allen. I know Stephon Diggs is going to get right in this game. I don't. I know Miami can be tough on defense at times, but I don't think this is going to be one of those weeks. I don't think Buffalo has much to offer in the running game, so I'm not looking there. Allen will make it make sense. He'll get it to Diggs, and I think that they will find success there. They've had it before against Miami. On the other side of the things, the one thing for Miami you really want to play is Devontae Parker, but Will Fuller's coming back now. I try to stay away from situations that are somehow different or new. or You know what I mean? We want to, if you notice, my theme is always play usual scenarios or scenarios where we can predict something we've seen before. We don't know what Tua's pass distribution will be when he gets Fuller back and everybody's on the field together. 
But Devontae Parker just literally makes the most out of touch, tough matchups all the time. It makes sense they would go back to him. You can gamble if you like. I don't think Miami wins that game, though. That's me as a Fens fan. Reload. New England at the Jets. Uh, Bill Belichick, point blank, always does really well against rookie QBs. This ain't going to be no exception. I think Wilson may be fooled by last week thinking that he's going to be decent. I don't think that's going to be the case in this game. I like the New England defense. I like Damian Harris running the ball for New England. Those are the only things I like. I don't think Mac Jones is much. Reload. San Francisco at Philly. San Francisco without Jason Verrett. I feel for Jason Verrett, by the way. He's probably done as a career. But he was the only really covered corner that they had. Things become precarious for them, as you saw against Detroit last week when he leaves the game. And so... Philly will have some room. Jalen Hurts will have some room. I really like Hurts' opportunity this week. Way more than the running game with Philly. I think they have a chance to pass it a little bit, try to get it to their number one pick, uh, and make it make sense out there. But I do like Jalen Hurts to spread it around a little bit. San Francisco is going to run the football. You know, we think it's Eli Mitchell, but who knows? You know, because of injury, I'm more inclined to think it's straightforward in him. But they could just, you know, you know, keep shuffling these guys. We know how Shanahan does. Can they win this game? Yes, but I do not think that they will because they're on the road, and I think that they're going to get exploited. If I'm Philadelphia, do not slow this game down and run. you got to attack the secondary. Detroit showed you. Detroit's garbage, and they showed you that these dudes don't have it right now. So if I'm them, you can even pass out of the backfield, get it to the back that way, get it to Sanders that way because he has some hands, but um, – this is a game that they should force the issue and win and really expose San Francisco. I'll take a gamble and say that. Reload. Vegas going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got their defense going for them. I'm not a Najee believer. You know, I know a lot of you guys really believe, but this offensive line is not the same as it's been. Pittsburgh went from having one of the best offensive lines to having one of the worst offensive lines now. And so... The struggles from last week, I think, will continue. I'm not really invested there. I do like, for DFS purposes, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think you can exploit this Raiders uh, defense, especially in the slot coming across the middle. And so I, I and we, and we saw, we saw the Ravens do that. So I think that we can see Juju in a DFS tournament format because he shouldn't be too highly owned. Only people are looking at him. But Deontay Johnson, cash game. I don't think they're going to be able to catch up to him either. I like him. On the other side of things, Waller, I do like. It's a tougher matchup for him, but I just like him. I don't really like the running backs because Jacobs is hurt, so he's going to split a little time with Drake. And I'm not. I see people picking Drake, but no, Waller or you know Jacobs isn't out, so I don't like either of them. Even though the run game could still be sufficient, I don't know if the Raiders have enough discipline to go on the road and win this game. Pittsburgh should win, reload. Minnesota at Arizona. People expecting a lot of points here. I think I was I've been thinking about the game this a lot this week because I know people are expecting fireworks, but you gotta understand one thing. Minnesota wants to run the football. They want to run the football. No team wants to run more than them except for the Cleveland. Other than that, you can make a case they want to run the most. They want to exploit Dalvin Cook. I know they have passing weapons, but it's a run-first scenario. If they, you know, I think that they will try to do that. They will try to run, especially because with Arizona, last week we saw they have a good pass rush. We know that Kirk Cousins can be a little up and down. If you want to be run-first anyway, and you know that you're going up against a team with a great 
pass rush and you're on the road, don't give your quarterback too much to do. Let's keep it simple. Let's run the football. We saw them start last year off doing this. I'm really invested in paying up in DFS for Dalvin Cook this week because nobody else will do it. His exact extraordinary price and then the little you know, DFS stat tool in draft, he says, oh, fourth-ranked defense against the run. And so people are afraid of all that. I want some of that. That's the route to victory right there. Now, can the Vikings pass the ball and still pay it off that way? I think so. The reason why they would have to do that is if Arizona, like let's say they start out meeting to run the football, even has some success. Arizona, if they go fireworks, like we know they want to, and they run away with it, then Minnesota would have to perhaps try to play catch up. I think a lot of what works for them in the passing game works off of the play action. Guess what? If you want to do play action, you got to set it up by running the football. So I, so everything I'm saying about running the football, I think has to hold true. And even if he doesn't get the yardage, he can get the goal line work if they're moving the ball down the field. And so I'm sticking with Cook over these receivers. But if I had to pick one of the receivers, it's going to be Thielen. I'm not going to go with Jefferson. I see a lot of people trying to be sneaky and go with Jefferson. I like Thielen off of the play action. But this should be an interesting game. Um, Arizona, I think, can win this game. They should win this game. Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think Minnesota has anything they can do to stop that. Peterson's going to be overmatched, exposed. Peterson's going back to Arizona. Maybe motivation for him to play better. But I don't think there is a better in him. He showed last week much of what we saw last year. He got played hard. So don't see why it would be any different if somehow... You know, I think the thing about Christian Kirk is he's not getting a lot of looks, but he does benefit from maybe multiple coverages over to DeAndre Hopkins. And so we could see more of that. Wasted some looks at A.J. Green last week. I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray will figure out, poo-poo, stop doing that. And then we can see Kirk's uh, looks and targets pick up. Arizona, reload. Atlanta going up against Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay is a pass funnel defense. They want you to pass. They take away the run. We don't like Mike Davis for Atlanta, but we do like Matt Ryan. And again, last year in both games against Tampa Bay, he was able to pass the ball, even without Julio Jones. So you can like Ridley. I like Ryan, though, uh, most importantly, just naked. I know people are high on pits until I see it. I won't believe it. You can pick them before me if you want. But more safe just to go with Ryan in a scenario that they know how to have success in. I think he bounces back from last week. They're not going to win this game, of course. Though TB12 and company put up so many points so often, you can't do anything about it. Uh, um, but I don't want to pick any of his wide receivers. If I had two guns ahead, I'd say Godwin. I don't want to pick any of his tight ends because I know we saw Gronk featured last week, but they were rotating three of these guys last year. And as far as the receivers go, they have three top-end receivers, and they can just pick from week to week who gets to do the damage too. And so... You can go with Tom mostly, but the scenario is I think they get up, and I think that, you know, even their defense maybe helps out a little bit, but I think that they get up, and they maybe end up running a little bit. And so of the two last week, they send, they tend to go with Fournette a little more than they went with Jones. That could easily be a mistake by my part, but I'm probably not going to be investing in Jones this week, and I'm probably just going to go invest in Fournette uh, and hope that I get some garbage time production out of him. All right, reload. Dallas and the Chargers. Dallas is going to run up and down the football field. That's what they do. Herbert can run up and down the football field because Dallas can't play defense. I like Keenan Allen. Nobody's talking about him. Everybody's talking Mike Williams. I like Keenan Allen in the slot. 
into, uh, Brown did damage in the slot last week. So why can't Allen? Everybody's talking about the outside. I want to see what Keenan Allen can does. Even though Mike Williams also in a good spot and he did get those 13 targets last week. The Chargers have a better offensive line, and so there's less pressure on Herbert, and so there's less check down passes we saw last week to Eckler, but it doesn't mean that Eckler's not viable. Have, they'll just have to figure out other ways of getting him involved. I don't, maybe this week they pass him out of the backfield, but I ultimately think the game script goes against him again this week because Dallas can, can score so much, and so you end up having to play keep up with them. Now, as far as Dallas goes, Demarcus Lawrence out. They don't have much of a pass rush, so I think Herbert will be able to exploit that. So again, just a little bit easier to go that route. Uh, now, in terms of who wins this game, Dallas reload. Tennessee at Seattle. You know, Tennessee should bounce back, have a better offensive week this week. AJ Brown and Tannehill will find it. I don't know if Julio will find that. Uh, in sync pattern with his quarterback yet but they'll continue to build and i think henry will get more exposure this week although he won't completely blow up for seattle's part you know carson again will get some exposure but he won't blow up and i think russ wilson has a chance to cook a little bit tennessee looked overmatched last week defensively they don't look like they're very good in the secondary and so russ wilson i think you know he's efficient he's not gonna i don't think he has a chance to sling it all day long but they can make it count, right? So he is in play if you want to pay all the way up this week in a game that I think that they win against Tennessee. Um, so again, A.J. Brown, uh, I like Tennessee tight end. And uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to go with Henry because it's too high of a price to pay. They're not going to be able to keep it balanced enough to use him, I don't think. And they abandon the run in game script scenarios unlike other teams we like. Reload. Kansas City at Baltimore. Kansas City has Baltimore's number. I don't see why this will be different. Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, probably not going to have a great day on the ground. But as far as uh, Kansas City goes, Tyreek Hill, you'd be looking at him. I'm, I'm not so much into Kelsey this week against Baltimore. But for Baltimore's you know side of things, run the football. You know That's what you got to do. And so Tyson Williams, get him the ball. Obviously, your quarterback, Mark Andrews, get him involved. That's the route for them. Try to keep it close. But they don't seem to know how to get past Kansas City. And they've played a lot now. Kansas City has their number. They're going to do it one more time on Sunday night. Reload. Detroit at Green Bay in the final game. Detroit is not a very good football team. Green Bay will bounce back. They'll run the football to take some pressure off of Rodgers. And so... I think Adams can still have a good game with Rodgers. But more importantly, Tanyan's in play. Aaron Jones is in play. On the Detroit side of things, Swift is in play. But they just use all the running backs. So Williams is, you know, obviously a good play too. So I'm going to stay away from those guys because I don't know who gets, who sees more of the work. They, they're so willing to pass to those guys. I think they'll have to play catch up. So it could be a scenario where they get production in the pass game that makes up um, for being out of the game script loop, though. But I think golf last week, we probably saw the best of what we could see from this dude. I don't know that Green Bay's offense is going to play as poorly as it did last week, expecting a bounce-back victory on Monday night on the pressure in front of the big stage. So those are quickly the games that we had this week. And so if we just want to do a little 
would you rather as well that makes sense bring back this session too so that we can get a little bit of understanding as to who we might like to play over other people in certain scenarios so very quickly i'm just taking a look at this for the first time i think it's better for all of us if i do it that way okay robbie anderson or elijah mitchell Ooh, elijah mitchell i'll take that i'll take that on the ground versus robbie anderson that's an easy one i don't know who's asking that Mark Ingram or Devontae Parker? I'm going to take Devontae Parker. Uh, Ingram, like we talked about, not able to do much in a great scenario. Melvin Gordon III or Debo Samuel? I understand why somebody can be interested in Debo, and I like the targets and look that he got downfield last week. Usually something that we see for Ayuk, but they're giving it to Debo Samuel. Loved it, but I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon. He's a great opportunity. I know eventually the running back, uh, carousel switches and Javon takes over, but maybe he's got it for just one more week. Robbie Anderson or Jamal Williams. So Robbie Anderson, uh, obviously, uh, and again with the uh, Carolina Panthers, Robbie Anderson or Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, like I said, he will get some work out of the backfield, but I just don't know how much work because Swift is out there too. So we'll say Robbie Anderson. Damian Harris or Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith, the new number one wide receiver for the Eagles, and they obviously passed him like he was the number one. Nobody else saw more than seven targets but him. So he's viable, but Damian Harris and the the New England offense is going to run the football. I like New England. Daryl Henderson or T. Higgins. Uh, Daryl Henderson, I don't know how much room he's going to find on the ground against the Colts. I'd rather see T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins, like we talked about, against this Bears defense is in a great place. Marvin Jones Jr. or Leonard Fournette. I'll, I'll take Fournette. Marvin Jones Jr., never been very high on him. But Jacksonville, who knows what you're going to get with these guys. He's just behind LaVisca Chenault and Chark as well, even though Chenault, I think, is not in a you know great position this week. But T. Higgins, Marvin Jones Jr. or Leonard Fournette. Uh, oh, that's, we just did that one. Sorry. How about Amari Cooper or Joe Mixon? Coop, Amari Cooper in a good spot this week. Uh, and then Joe Mixon against the Bears. I like Joe Mixon as well going up against Chicago. But you can't have it all ways. I think you attack the Bears through the air. So let's go with Mari Cooper. Chase Claypool or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You, we talked about this earlier. You can't bank on too many wide receivers for Pittsburgh. And so you got to go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire even though it's not a great matchup. Deontay Johnson or Javante Williams. Deontay Johnson this week. Williams is getting close, though. This is the backup Denver running back. He's getting close. But Deontay Johnson this week, Deontay's in a good spot. Leonard Fournette or Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk, I... He's in the doghouse. We'll have to see... He's in the coach's doghouse. We'll have to see when he can get out. Leonard Fournette. Robert Woods or Kareem Hunt? I like Bob Trees. Kareem Hunt's in a good spot. I'm picking him in DFS this week, but I like Bob Trees too. I'll say Bob Trees. Julio Jones or Tyson Williams? Let's go Tyson Williams. Baltimore running back. They're going to get it done on the ground. And then Brandon Cooks or Kenyon Drake? Look, Cooks, you know, with Houston, he's going to be the number one option. Uh, does that translate to much for Houston? I don't know. Uh, I would have to say probably Kenyon Drake, even though I don't like his scenario that much either this week, sharing time with Jacobs. Julio Jones or Javante Williams? I'm going to go Julio Jones. 
Jamal Williams or Marquise Hollywood Brown? Let me get Marquise Brown. I think he's going to find a way to continue to at least get 80 yards. Williams might not do that. Juju Smith-Schuster or Ronald Jones Jr.? I'm taking a gamble against Ronald Jones Jr. As we talked about earlier, and I'm picking Juju this week. So I'll take this easy one. I'll go Juju. DJ Moore or Daryl Henderson Jr.? Let me get that Daryl Henderson Jr. DJ Moore and company going to have their hands full with New Orleans. And then James Conner or Cedric Wilson? I guess Cedric Wilson. James Conner mostly has a chance to get the between-the-tackle runs if they are ahead. But he's squarely behind Edmonds who I like this week uh, because he is the designated number one. I'm going to say Cedric Wilson. I'd rather because it's the 49ers. He could easily be over Eli Mitchell this week because that's how they do it. They just pick which one we did. That's who I would rather, and that's the game previews for this week. So hopefully you can take that information, mold it into your brain, make it pay off for you. And finally, but not least, let's go over some DFS picks. Literally had some folks reach out last week saying, hey, man, where my picks at? So brought it back just for you guys. Week one's always weird anyway. So as opposed to guessing, I just kind of abstained, talked about a few things that I thought could go right. But we're diving back in regularly now. And so in terms of our DFS picks, I've got cash game picks and I've got tournament picks for you guys as well. Again, we're going to assume the knowledge that you need to know to be using these picks effectively. If there's questions about that, you know how to reach me. But also, more importantly, you guys know that you can reach back for those prior episodes, especially if you're listening through like iTunes or Spotify or whatever. You can look at all the previous episodes, go back to those older years, especially in season one, season two of the process and get that information iTunes literally groups it by a season. So you can listen to those. And I have them all labeled pretty well. So go catch what you need to make these picks effective. And again, I'm not saying don't take your picks and take my picks. We've talked about this. This is supplemental information to rub up against what you want to do. But this is how I'm rolling in full candor when the money's on the line tomorrow. Cash game picks for quarterback. I'm going two routes. I give you a expensive and a pay up. And really, I'm just I'm not paying up for the cash game. Jalen Hurts at 6,500. As we talked about, San Francisco, without Jason Verrett, not much to offer in the secondary. We want to exploit that. We want to see if he can exploit that. I, like You need to win football games. They want to get out to a 2-0 start. This is the easiest way to do it. Don't play games. Try to run the football. Jalen Hurts, $6,500. Great money. And then Dak Prescott, $6,800. I'm not down on Zeke after week one. But again, you need to look at all the scenarios in most of the time Dallas is not going to be able to stop the other team's offense Herbert and company also have a great offense so I think they're going to force the issue and put points Demarcus Lawrence is out no pass rush easier path to victory than running is passing all this translates to Chargers production which translates to Cowboys production which translates to Dak Prescott right you got to be thinking like this and so we'll pay up for him at $6,800 and remember the pairs in the in the stacks. When we talk about stacking in football, you don't necessarily have to stack with, like you don't have to stack Dak with, you know, C. Lamb or Cooper. You could stack Dak with 
Keenan Allen. You know what I mean? It's a comeback stack. You're hedging on both sides of the production there. So just some things to think about to keep you savvy headed tomorrow. Those are my cash game quarterbacks. Tournament quarterbacks, I have three. We'll pay down for two and we can pay up for one for tournaments. Matt Ryan, $5,600, like I said, gave you the reasons of why he should be able to do well against this Tampa Bay uh, pass funnel defense as he has done before in the past in the same scenario with the same personnel. $5,600, that's a steal. We'll take a chance there. Joe Burrow, $5,800 against the Bears, who we saw also having secondary issues. We need to take the chance there. And then Josh Allen, pay up at $7,200. Beating up the Dolphins is what he does. And so I think he has a get-right game. I don't think many people want to touch him up there at $7,200. let us take a chance. You can pay up if you want to at quarterback for, you know, this is why I don't have Kyler or Russ on there because obviously those are options. You could pay up for Russ and you could pair him with Lockett. You could pay up for, or Metcalf. You could pay up with Kyler. You could pair him with DeAndre. You could also bring those guys back with opposite receivers, right? So it's kind of like um, if you want to go pair Russ with A.J. Brown, probably not a bad idea. I didn't put them in because I wanted to give you guys context around what else is out there. Any idiot can tell you you pick Kyle Murray like I did in week one. <laughs> okay, running back. Um, cash game. Three backs for you here. Kareem Hunt, $5,800. Even though Nick Chubb is playing, we want Kareem Hunt because they both, we've seen them do well together in the right circumstance. This is the right circumstance. They can get ahead and he can get garbage time production too. 5800 bucks. We want it. David Montgomery, $6,100. The Bears went to the run game. It was the only thing that worked last week. I think they'll have a better chance again this week versus what they would have to deal with in the air. Plus, you know, the Bengals being familiar with Dalton. All this is screaming. Run if you can. Try to set that defense up a little better, you know, if you can. So, David Montgomery, $6,100. I like it. I'm going to stay away from the Bears defense, though. Nick Chubb, $7,800 is our cash game top end quarterback so or running back rather so it's like ralph could i have hunt and chubb you could i don't have a problem with that but those three are who i would maybe stick to in the cash game scenarios for tournaments i'm gonna have a few other options low end chase edmonds 4900 i like it he's the he's the you know chosen number one he's got the production uh, we want to take a gamble at that price. He can pay that off. Leonard Ford at $5,100. Obviously, if you want to choose Ronald Jones over him, you could. But I'm going to go Fournette. Damian Harris, $5,400. Really like that. And then Melvin Gordon the third, $5,800. Really just, as a, if I'm going to do it, it's just to pair with their defense. Stack you know him in the defense. And then paying up for Dalvin Cook at $9,100, as we talked about. Why that might be wise. And if you pay down with somebody like a Chase Edmonds and it pays off. Well, then boom, you're on your way to winning. All right, those are my running backs. And so if we go into the wide receivers, cash game options, Corlin Sutton, $5,200. Denver Broncos, Teddy B looked great last week. He got it. He got the ball around to like uh, seven different receivers before halftime. My notes. Oh, excuse me, nine different receivers before halftime. So he can spread the ball around. We know Judy's out. I'm not going the NFL fantasy live route, but I do think Corlin Sutton, he, we obviously all know he steps up as the number one. He can. This is a game where that matters. I don't think that they will be able to stop that production. So I like Corlin Sutton at $5,200 for cash game purposes. T. Higgins, viable, $5,400 against that Bears defense. Way more viable than Chase, who's the number one. 
Jarvis Landry at $6,300. I like him. This is a cash game scenario because as good as the run game is uh, going to be for Cleveland, you don't run every single play. You have to pass some time. Those passes can be to Jarvis Landry, who I think eats uh, because OBJ is still out. Deontay Johnson, $6,400. Like I said, the only sure thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then Chris Godwin, who seems to be preferred number one for TB12. You can pay $6,600 for him if you wish. That's pretty cheap. And then DeAndre Hopkins at the top, $8,000. Tournaments, Tyler Boyd, $4,700. Juju Smith, $5,700. Cooper Cup, $6,000 going up against that. Uh, Indianapolis defense, who looked a little porous last week against Russ and company. CeeDee Lamb, $6,400. I really like that play. Keenan Allen at 7 k for tournament purposes. Love it. Nobody's going to be on it. He's in a good spot, too. And then Stefan Diggs at 7700 if you want to pay up. Those are my wide receivers for the tournaments. This is DraftKings format, by the way. Tight ends, cash game, Darren Waller, $7,600. They just happen to line him up at tight end. He's a wide receiver. He should be treated as such. Just pay up for him. Or you could punt, pay down. Austin Hooper, $3,800. You could potentially still catch a touchdown and make that $3,800 worth it. But Waller, if you want to pay up, which you should be able to do if you pay down with some of the receivers that I've given you and some of the running backs. So it's possible. Tournaments, tight end. Tyler Higby, $4,100 for the Rams. Noah Fant, $4,200. And then George Kittle, if you want to pay up, at $6,400 in tournaments. And then for defenses, just do what you feel. $3,500 for the Browns. $3,700 for the Patriots. $3,800 for the Broncos. This is Magic Words format. I would play those defenses. Those are my picks for the week. Hopefully that carries you guys to victory. Love being transparent every week and showing you guys what my cards are. Put them on the table. Those what they are. Hope you like this week two episode. Hopefully it's been informative. You guys know we do this as close to lock as we can for your benefit. So we can take into account injuries and other late news. Doesn't help you to do this on Tuesday. You've got all the information on where to find us, where to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you guys can come back and kick it with me again next week. Until then, good luck and peace. process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.